薄いのはほSo the thing that kills me about X is that it's not completed, right? Right. And so I keep being like, but we live in the era where everything comes back, like Clamp brought back Cardcaptor Sakura, which maybe it'll just be like, we're rebooting X. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> oh, God, no, I, I could not. Well, what if, if they rebooted X, maybe it would be better. It would be better, yeah. <laughs> Just delete those first 18 volumes and start it over. <laughs> this is not to, like, you know, hate on anyone who likes X the way it is. But uh, if you if you don't get into it in your high school years, I feel like it's too late. It's, too, you're too, it's gone. <laughs> okay. All of that is to say this is not an X podcast. This is not an X podcast. not discussing X. <laughs> um, yeah. So if you ask questions about X, we don't know the answers. We don't know the answers We don't yet. know what you're talking no, about. No, we're like, what's that mean? I don't know. So we're going to ignore those. But y'all asked a lot of non-X questions. Good. We will address those. And actually, I am lying because there is at least one X question that I was like, I want to answer that in a way that is only related to Tokyo Babylon. I feel that I have thoughts about okay. it. I trust Ashley. Okay. Asher's just going with it. That's right. Okay, so this first section is going to be a spoiler-free attempt at a spoiler-free <laughs> section in case you have not read Tokyo Babylon before and you're like, should I read it? No. I disagree with that answer, but okay. Depends on what you're into and what you okay. stomach. Okay, yes. Okay, <laughs> preface this. Okay. So, you know, I always ask, like, what is our familiarity with this series? That's not important. right? What, the, what is important right now is that Asher read this there's seven volumes Asher read all seven volumes in a night and then was yes. like oh yeah it is yeah yeah <laughs> no okay a day a you day. started a in day. the morning I did start in the morning okay he got through all of them and he's like where do I find X though <laughs> okay but not <laughs> it's because I was so frustrated with the ending yeah, okay I can see that I feel you I read it over the period of like five days and after each story like chapter I had to be like I have to sit down and be emotionally wrecked for a second right now I was like Asher's in his room like talking to his friend laughing and I'm like on the couch like sobbing (laughs) (laughs) Ashley feels things much more deeply than I do like always this is I mean if, if you've heard me on the podcast before you know this to be true and I'm just like, yeah, it is so sad. What's happening <laughs> to my emotions? Uh, I'm just wrecked. So, yeah. So different takes here. <laughs> Very different takes. That's uh, but I'm gonna make Asher tell you what Tokyo Babylon is about because I don't want to have to summarize. <laughs> it's fine. It's actually not that difficult to summarize if we are leaving out all the spoilers. So Tokyo Babylon is focuses on the story of. I forgot his last name. Subaru. Sumeragi? Sumeragi. 
he is an onmyoji, which is a, a type of sort of priest, sort of purification expert. He largely exorcises ghosts and does all that sort of like protecty. Is it Shinto or Buddhist? Maybe both. I mean, Japan has <laughs> Japan has its syncretic religion, and it's difficult to tell sometimes. I think it's Buddhist, largely. He's basically like magic Ghostbuster, and it's his story of how he sort of learns about humanity through that. And he lives with his twin sister Hokuto, who is the best. Yes. And yes, and uh, they are currently living in Tokyo. Uh, with this older man, older-ish man. He's 25? Whatever. Something uh, like that. <laughs> Seishiro Sakurazaki. Yeah, oh yeah. We should have practiced saying this. They have really... Look, I'm Sakura. generally pretty okay with the Japanese pronunciation. These names are real long. Yeah, his is And real so strange. I've never heard Hokuto as a name before. Um, it's on the back. Sakurazaku... His, no, his last name is just Sakurazura. No, there's another... Oh. But then his clan is the Sakurazakamori. Oh, is it? Okay. Seishiro. <laughs> Seishiro. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, who's one of this? Is Seishiro. And um, they suspect he might be part of this opposing clan to the Sumeragi clan, but they are not entirely sure. And he is this, this smiley veterinarian who keeps like aggressively hitting on Subaru, <laughs> um, but like in a teasing way, like, oh, ho, ho, I'm serious, but am I really serious? And anyway, it's about that. It's about how he deals with all these like magical problems, magical spiritual problems arising in this hedonistic Tokyo world that did not actually feel that hedonistic to no. me. <laughs> it was just like normal 90s Tokyo. Yeah, it was just Tokyo. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> like they tried to make it sound so dark on the back of the books. And I was like, yeah, no. I'm not, I'm not feeling that. Yeah, no, no. It was just, it's like, this is just what Tokyo is. I don't yeah. know. The things he deals with are pretty dark. But like, Tokyo itself is not this like, you're, you're not going into Sin City here. Uh, yeah. Okay, Asher, did you like Tokyo Babylon? Oh, no. <laughs> um, did I like it? It definitely grabbed me. I read it in a day. I could not put it down. And obviously, I, I do have these very strong nostalgia feelings associated with Clamp because they were my first uh, manga ever was Magic Knight Ray Earth. The Clamp you definitely prefer. <laughs> yes. Well, that and card captors. Yes. The happy clamps. The happy clamps. <laughs> um, which is, I am learning as I grow the minority. The minority of clamps. Um, did I like it? It does definitely have a very like early clamp feel to me in which like they had not actually perfected their storytelling and character telling uh, abilities yet, particularly at the beginning of Tokyo Babylon. I was like, yeah, what? I feel like the first volume does not is not what the rest of it is. Yes. Well, I think they like actively changed what it was. Like, <laughs> there was some discussion in the backs of one of the or in on Wikipedia or something that I read where they were like. Oh, yeah, we decided not to go with this comedic thing. Oh. Because they like their dark, twisted mm. stuff. <laughs> yeah. Did I, uh, the ending really threw me off. 
an ending can make a break, make or break a series for me. And uh, that one was like, oh my God, why would you do this to me personally? I knew you would do this. And yet here I am, which is why I want to go to X to get the like closure. Right. This definitely, so this is a prequel to X and the end definitely is that. I feel weird calling it a prequel. It was written before X when it's just like, the first thing in a series, technically, that they yeah. kind of like abandoned this storyline and then picked it back up in X. That's how I feel about it. Yeah. It's like the first volume of Tokyo Babylon is not at all representative of like what it's actually going to be like and like how good it actually ends up being in yes. my mind. It's does- a storytelling thing. Yeah. Yes. On a storytelling level, like first chapter, first volume, like whatever. Then like the last volume is like hi, here's a whole new, like, story that I'm just going to leave you in the middle, like, and we're not going to resolve it. And I'm like, what? <laughs> like, yeah. It wasn't <laughs> a whole new story because they were hinting at what was I mean, going sure. to come forever. But, like, the abrupt, I don't want to call it a tone shift. It was, like, an abrupt um, paradigm shift, even, of, like, what we are uh, expected to expect. Yeah. All of that is to say the middle five volumes be good. <laughs> They're real good. They're really good. Be warned, like it's super disturbing and it's dark in dark. a lot of places. Yeah. All the trigger warnings, all of them. Uh, I mean, if you've read Count Kane, not as bad a ca- as Count Kane, but like that's, that's you know, if we're comparing it to Count Kane, that should tell you something about what it's about. Ashley hasn't read Count Kane. No. <laughs> and I will never make her. I will never. Don't suggest that to Ashley. <laughs> Oh, no. Oh, no. Yeah, no. I, as I said, I cried not literally after every chapter, but maybe half or during. I did not cry. Okay. You know, we'll get it. (laughs) (laughs) Again, I am a heartless Scorpio. A heartless, heartless Scorpio. What am I? I just feel too many things. There are also a lot of stories involving children and i'm sure we will get into purity innocence (sighs) garbage of children yes i know asher we're gonna Uh, go there i know i'm sorry it's okay and our obvious very different beliefs about those things (laughs) right i feel it around children like okay so lots of children get dead just be prepared for that that's (laughs) that's uh okay i can think of two Okay, there are children in the process of suffering or okay, yes. have, are right. already dead. That, or... kid, that kid is a good kid. <laughs> and yes, and it's sad. Okay, so be warned. But it's also very good. Like the storytelling is good in the moments where it's yes. not being like, Clamp, what, what are you trying to do here? And like once they get into developing Subaru as a character and not just having him, like not just like putting him out there, like in the first volume and a half maybe. Yeah. Subaru is Subaru real is a good. good boy. Subaru is a great boy. He did not deserve anything that happened in any of this manga. Hokuto is a good girl too. Oh yeah. Oh, Hokuto's chapter is probably the best chapter in the entire thing. Yeah, you're just like, <laughs> "What, Hokuto? What is up? You are too real." Okay. So, you should read Tokyo Babylon. Un- un- <laughs> if you can handle if it. If you can handle it. Be warned, the ending sucks. <laughs> <laughs> is the ending even, it's not, yeah, it's not an ending. It's not it's, even an ending. Well, it's an ending in that 
the series ends. Yeah. And now you have to go read X, and that'll suck. <laughs> and that doesn't end, so have fun. <laughs> have fun. Oh, don't remind me. No. Okay, so unfortunately, I am actually legitimately confused about the status of Tokyo Babylon's like license and things. Yeah, if Ashley is confused, <laughs> none of us know anything. None of us know it. People at Kodansha and Dark Horse know things, but I don't. Okay, so I did. I was able to buy the first omnibus new from Bright Stuff. They were the only one that had it in stock, though. Then I couldn't find the second omnibus at all new anywhere if I bought it like used from Barnes and Noble or something because I don't use Amazon Amazon is the devil so and Kodansha has been getting all the licenses for other clamp works like they now have CCS and I don't know about Magic Knight Rare Magic Knight Rare is also in a weird place now like they're not available digitally so I think that this is like Things are transitioning to Kodansha. So it's, we're in the hard in-between <laughs> license place. Um, but Tokyo Babylon was also published by Tokyo Pop before. So like there are versions of it floating around that you can obtain, possibly from your library. Like our library had the Tokyo Pop versions. We could have borrowed those, but I was like, Tokyo Pop. I mean, that's Tokyo Pop's perfectly fine. I'm sure you can read those versions and it would be fine. <laughs> like whatever <laughs> i just wanted to be like i want the pretty omnibus versions because i'm a snob like that i don't they know are very pretty they're very high quality the paper is ridiculous no there's lots of color pages like it's good <laughs> it's good stuff it's good stuff dark horse did a good that's all i'm saying okay so now we are definitely going to spoil things if we did not already i don't know maybe we did i know <laughs> i think we're good largely 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 we're good but now we're gonna spoil all the things so don't listen anymore if you don't want to know the things yeah <laughs> okay so first i want to acknowledge that i ran a little poll about when people had read this manga last because i really was convinced that it would be like full of nostalgia and that it would the prime answer for anybody who had read it would be over 10 years ago but it was not <laughs> the number one answer was within the past five years and I'm like oh damn well I, I, I also think a, a more telling poll would have been when did you first read Tokyo Babylon I mean yes the first the number one answer was never so <laughs> okay yeah 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 <laughs> granted I also had never read this before but I have I had read few volumes of X yeah but I don't remember a lot about it I don't think I got to Subaru in X yeah I should clarify also that like both we did not read X for this and I don't think n neither of us has gotten through all of X oh no oh, only no. piecemeal of X so yeah, and it was a long time ago yeah <laughs> it was in our high school years yeah which is why Over I feel that I ago. can go back to X because I do have that high school connection. Ah, okay. <laughs> sure. If I were to go to it now, I think I would be like, ugh, I have recipe books to read. <laughs> Excellent. So I feel that everybody who has read Tokyo Babylon really was like very excited about this episode. I'm very afraid of disappointing them, but we're going to answer your questions and stuff. Uh, <laughs> another poll you should have done was, if you have read Tokyo Babylon, have you also read X? Have you also read X? Yeah, that's... <laughs> <laughs> we what? have not. Let's what I, no, okay, Let's what I like about the first answer being never actually is that, you know, you get into this trap where you think everybody's read all these things all the time, but no, nobody's read all the things. Most people haven't read the popular things either. It's fine. You're fine. <laughs> like... 
That's how I feel. <laughs> yeah, I was just like, this it, this feeling is alien to me. I don't need to read the popular things. I just kind of want to know what they're about. No, I always have massive FOMO. And then I like to be reassured that I'm like, oh, no, I'm fine. I'm fine over here. Nope. Anyway, we're going to answer. We're going to answer the, the questions now. Let's do we're going to try. God. God. <laughs> okay. Again, I have thrown out some questions that were just like, only about X or would require more X knowledge. Right. Or if they referenced material we just didn't have. Yeah. So sorry, but you, you have been warned. Um, so these first couple questions come from Saigon Alice on Twitter. First one is, do you believe that Seishiro and Subaru were a couple that we as the reader were intended to root for? Or are they a lucid case of a predatory relationship with a wide age gap and power differential? I have many thoughts about this. <laughs> okay. Um, I think that it is a really good way to read that uh, couple is the second option. Uh, I do not think that was the intent. Really? I, yes. Especially given Clamp's history in other things. Like, Clamp loves their age gap romances and portrays them as super cute sometimes. Mm -hmm. And I can't deal with that. <laughs> but... Oh, uh, God. Every time I remember that Rika and Mr. Tarada romance in, in Cardcaptors, I just cannot ever trust that Clamp is doing a critical commentary <laughs> on age difference relationships. Yes. So I do feel that if I read X, I might give a different answer. But as I read Tokyo Babylon, just looking at Tokyo Babylon... I feel that it is supposed to be the second one. Like, really? I, yeah, because I don't. I do not feel that I was given any evidence that Seishiro has knows what love is. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> yeah, yeah. And like in that way, it's like, well, sure, Subaru loves Seishiro, but like if Seishiro doesn't love him, that it's not. They're not a couple. That's not a thing. <laughs> yeah, I think we. I, I had the feeling as I finished that I was definitely like, oh, no, if 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 Subaru had come around earlier and showed that love towards Seishiro, oh, no, maybe Seishiro would have figured out what love was. Uh. And that's the tragedy. Oh, clamp. No, I no. I don't want to feel that way. <laughs> so, like, I would love to read it as the second. But I do feel that, like, oh, we were supposed to be rooting for this couple. And now it's a tragedy. That's how I feel. Interesting. I guess I feel like if I am all about the, the, the okay, so this is why so many stories about like fake dating, right? Like, oh, I'm going to be your fake boyfriend, but then we actually fall in love with each other. Like, that's why they work is because, you know, we as humans believe if you come into influence with somebody, you will influence them. They will eventually like you. That's kind of like you want to like a person you have to spend time with, you know, so like that, that makes sense. <laughs> Um, and I guess I read it as like if Seishiro did his whole bet dumb thing of like, I'll hang out with you for a year and see if you influence me. And if you don't, I'll kill you. And if it didn't work, I'm like, OK, then like it shouldn't matter if Subaru had shown him love. Like, I don't think that that would have changed anything. Like, <laughs> I think what intrigued me about the bet was that, OK, Seishiro didn't change, but Subaru did. Right. Subaru like grew an entire like a, a personality. <laughs> no, no. What I mean is that, like, 
in the beginning, he is this selfless uh, sort of like machine for doing good. Yeah. And what he comes to realize is that, oh, I have these selfish feelings towards Seishiro. And I think that's actually the good, the wonderful thing about this bet. Like, I, I have, I don't think this bet was wonderful in any way. <laughs> that's dumb. This bet is awful in so many ways. But we do see Subaru grow. So in a way, we see this, what you posited as real. Like, because of Seishiro, Subaru grows. He becomes a person instead of a tool. Yes. Okay, see, again, I don't think I disagree with Subaru. Subaru is all in. Yeah, yeah, everything yeah. he does is real. But everything that Seishiro does is super fake. Right. But <laughs> Subaru didn't know about the bet. So if Subaru had known, but what there... would that have changed? I know. <laughs> I know. It I... takes two to be a couple. Yes. <laughs> I agree. I don't know that Clamp agrees. <laughs> Well, <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> or I don't know that they agreed back in the 90s. Clamp, just rewrite all Tokyo Babylon, rewrite X, just rewrite it all. I, I think it's supposed to be a romance that we root for, but also like a tragedy and like touching on those forbidden dark agency things. Yeah. Well, I mean, what, yeah, what's bad about the bet is that, like, there are really kind of two bets going on here. I don't, I mean, yeah, I would say the other one's not a bet. It's a chance with Hokuto being like, I, like, I'm like, Hokuto, why did you do this? But, like, she's like, I, I want you to, like, yes, Subaru is too self selfless and all these things. So she's like, I want you to have a thing that you are devoted to. And if it hurt, like, you would be like, I don't, <laughs> this is too, too much. And she stakes that in Seishiro. Bad move, Hokuto. Bad, Super bad, bad move. move. As long as we remember that Hokuto is also 16, it makes sense. <laughs> okay. She's the same age as Subaru. <laughs> yes. So in that way, like, yeah, Hokuto got what she wanted. Like, I don't think she wanted it to... Wanted she, she, Seishiro didn't, to she didn't want She didn't Subaru. want the betrayal. She wanted what oh, yeah, Seishiro yeah. did for Subaru, which yeah. is like, grow up. Right. I would I do want to know how this story ends. Because we don't. We don't know how this story ends. Stories don't end, Asher. They end when they finish X. <laughs> <laughs> I want to know, like, once I mean, I hope to God that Subaru kills this guy, but <laughs> but after that, I want to know, does he go on? Does he find a way to like be devoted to people again? Because I think that's Desperately important. Mm. I actually was very reassured by the last Annex chapter, you know, where Subaru is obviously very different, but at least I was like, oh, he still does have a, like, good heart. Like, he sure. interacts with these people. I thought he was going to be, like, totally bad now, and I was like, oh, no, <laughs> poor Subaru. Maybe he is an ex. I don't know. I feel like that Annex chapter came out after X start. Oh, I just want... I I could be pulling that out of my head. I think I was trying to gauge the art style, but I was so confused by Subaru not looking like like a little girl. <laughs> Clamp has like two faces that they do, like two body types that they do. And Subaru was like neither in this annex chapter. And I was like, I'm very confused right now all of a sudden, Clamp. <laughs> what is this? <laughs> how gender? Gender stupid. Don't gender. How gender? How age? How age? 
It's all in the hair. You gotta be, all- you're either four heads tall or 16 yes. heads tall <laughs> with, with eight heads of shoulder. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Accurate. <laughs> Where are we going with this? No, I, okay, so we disagree about this relationship. I, Fair. I interpret it because Seishiro is just a psychopath. He's just... <laughs> Yeah, he's just a psychopath. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's there's no couple to root for here because one of them is not a participant. <laughs> In a way, neither of them are participants. It's not. That's not a thing. Mm. But maybe Clamp disagrees. I don't know. That's how I read it. Because reading it the whole time, I was like... Yeah, Seishiro never came off as genuine to me. Like, even in any interaction... And so I'm like, I, I can't root for something that never had any basis in genuineness. <laughs> like, that doesn't, that's not how I roll. Okay, so this question I feel we might not be able to answer, but multiple people ask us about them being queer, so let's go. So Saigon Alice says, furthermore, are you of the opinion that Seishiro and Suru are accurate representations of queer Japanese men, or are they rather caricatures based on yaoi fictional tropes and uh, at lonely distance? at lonely distance on twitter wants to know why doesn't clamp let gay characters be happy i actually have a like a a fundamental block on this question because i mean how can you have any accurate representation of queer japanese men with two characters and like several million japanese like queer (laughs) people i i don't think that's a thing millions of people just in tokyo (laughs) i think um Physically, they are very much stereotypes because you got the big dude and the little dude. I think that Seishiro is playing a part, so that doesn't help. Yeah. Subaru seems like a genuine person. Like, <laughs> like <laughs> it's just very difficult for me when I'm of the opinion that, like, oh, queer people are just like everybody else and everybody yeah. everybody is different also so like there's going to be no if they feel like a person then they feel like an accurate queer person that's how i feel um seishiro Good doesn't <laughs> yeah because seishiro is weird <laughs> yeah and um as for queer japanese culture i don't know enough about it i feel yeah. that this is probably not accurate to it because in part because I think Clamp did a lot to define those stereotypes and caricatures. Like, this is one of the first manga that was marketed as a BL manga. I really don't know if I would call this a BL manga. Um, (laughs) First of all, disagree with marketing. (laughs) So it's very, this is a very complicated and amorphous and spiderwebby question, and I, I, I cannot give a solid answer to it. Yeah. Well, to the question, why doesn't Clamp let gay characters be happy? And I guess Subaru is not happy, and he is certainly represented as gay. I actually disagree. We don't know Seishiro's uh, (laughs) sexual orientation. I believe that he is asexual based on all evidence presented to me (laughs) in this manga. Yeah. I also feel that Clamp doesn't let any characters be happy. Yeah, nobody's happy. They let... As for queer representation, I didn't read Clear Card, so in my mind, Toya and Yuki are happily married. Who else? Eagle? He's fine. He's fine. Oh, yeah. Magic Knight Rare. Everybody just read Magic Knight Rare. Yeah. The the tragic ship is Het. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Okay, actually, read Clear Card, but only after we see how it ends. We'll see if Yuki, Oh, it's not done yet. It's not done yet, no. 
Next question, I think we will have many feelings about. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, yes. Okay. Still from at Zion Alice, though. Hokuto was reportedly a well-liked female character, and this took Clamp by surprise. Why do you personally think this is the case, considering how a lot of other Clamp female characters are rather damsel in distress by comparison? As we have said, Hokuto is the best character <laughs> in this manga. She only has one chapter dedicated to her, and it was the best. <laughs> the best chapter. Um, that chapter is like everything that feminism manga should be. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, I do feel that this is very much a um, Jap- Japanese culture versus American culture thing, particularly in the 90s, in that they are surprised that Hokuto is a female character oh, okay. or a, a popular female character because she is outspoken mm-hmm. and uh, selfish and dismissive of certain things and like <laughs> brave, <laughs> like not. I think she's very pure hearted, but she does not present herself as pure hearted, particularly right. not in comparison to Subaru. And I think even to Seishiro because, oh, he's such a nice vet. Oh, and he's oh, so he's, nice. so, he's so in love with Subaru. No. no. Um, <laughs> whereas in the West, we do romanticize our tomboys. I wouldn't call Hokuto a tomboy either, but she's got the short hair and the, the take no shit attitude. Yeah. Which are not considered feminine in either of our societies. Yeah, no, I definitely was like, I am about Hokuto's brand of pure heartedness that is just like, I don't take your nonsense. I just go and beat you up because I'm right. And that's great. And I'm like, yes, Hokuto. And her story with the prostitute, she was a prostitute, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. You gave me such a weird <laughs> They did not. They did not try to make that subtle. <laughs> they wanted you to understand. <laughs> I give all benefits of the doubt until. <laughs> That's not true. You were the one that told me that she will be loved was about a prostitute. Okay, my bad. <laughs> Whatevs. <laughs> I was pure before then. <laughs> I corrupted Asher. Oh no. <laughs> How dare I? But yeah, Hokuto just being like, men who treat women badly are just like bad people, so I beat you up. And I'm like, excellent, I'm all about this. And then uh, Hokuto's attitude of like, being a foreigner is not like a place, that's not a thing, we're all just human. I'm like, oh, that's excellent. It's so nice. Hokuto's so good. Hokuto's so good. And she's like, I'll be your friend. I'm like, yes. Yes. <laughs> The best. Where is the manga just about their friendship? That's what I want. The pure, pure manga about their friendship. I, I, I would want. I would want some some ghost busting in there too. Okay. Hokuto okay? has enough power. To yeah, she do, has enough power to, to do, do something. Some, some, some stuff. Yeah, yeah, sure. yeah. Yeah, sure. It's fine. We can throw that in there. <laughs> All right. That's our next fanfic project. That's our next. Oh yes. <laughs> oh snaps, snaps. Okay. Yes. I also just liked Hokuto. Like Hokuto was the best part of the first volume that didn't fit with the rest of the series like reading her rants about the environment I think are actually like more relevant in 2019 than they were in 1991 like people were just like getting on that train back then I don't know yeah Hokuto knows what's up that's all she does and uh it is weird that you know her and Subaru look exactly the same aside from clothing that that always made me feel a little weird but that's fine (laughs) it's like they knew they were gonna use that eventually but they took too long getting to it (laughs) (laughs) very true 
Oh boy. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what to say. Just like Hokuto is really good. I <laughs> like Hokuto's great. Okay, wow, this is this is a question. Okay. At Blue Socket on Twitter wanted to know, how do you feel about the how the series depicts the nature of evil re Seishiro? I have many thoughts, but I you start. Okay. But I feel like I'm gonna throw it off immediately because I don't think that okay. So obviously Seishiro is evil. I do not think that Seishiro is supposed to be the depiction, like the end-all, be-all depiction of evil. Because, I think I agree with that. Yeah, because a lot of this manga is about the everyday people being evil or mean to one another and the harmful effects that spiral out from that. But, but with the understanding that like those people are not all evil, like they do actions in times of distress when they don't know what to do that are very bad and otherwise they are good. Yes. Whereas that's why Seishiro is like actually the least interesting character to me because he's just fake and he's just like this hyper depiction of evil that I'm like, I don't care. I actually, I disagree with that a little. Um, <laughs> Good, that'll make yes. you talk. <laughs> Obviously Seishiro is evil, but also like he is evil based on our conception of what, like, okay, he killed a child. Yes, that's evil. We all agree <laughs> that killing children is evil. But his whole point and the reason that he comes in so often in these particularly difficult cases, uh, I'm particularly thinking of the um, religious sect one, mm-hmm. um, where that woman did genuinely think she was doing good, even though she like did not could not conceive that what she was doing was harming others and harming vulnerable people. Mm-hmm. Because the we don't actually see Seishiro do evil things like on screen, like the the killing the child is a flashback yeah. thing. Everything he does is to protect Subaru. I think the whatever little seed of want, like Seishiro wants to understand what this feeling is. Yes, I agree with that. Means that he is not pure evil. He does not, and I I have never, I don't think the manga does a good job of explaining what his clan does. Mm. We What we get is that, oh, the Sakura Zukamori, did I get it? Yeah. All right. The Sakura <laughs> Zukamori uh, clan uses their own Myoji powers to assassinate people. But usually assassinations have a purpose. Right. And it does not seem that these assassinations that have been done have like thrown the world into chaos or mm. put powerful people like we don't know anything about them. Right. The fact that it is for a purpose does not speak to me of pure evil. Although I do not know the effects of these things. Right. Except that it's regular Tokyo. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I guess it's hard because yeah, the first thing that we know is that he killed a child and it's like what could possibly have been his motivation to kill a child? But we have no idea. I know. That's powerful juju right there. It's like the, the 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 snuffing of a life of a child in all its purity and all its potential is typically like it's so forbidden, but people still do it because it's so powerful, typically in these fantasy things and these even these spiritual things like it comes up in, um, you know, old old religious stuff too, child sacrifice. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah, I guess it's also like I'm not saying that perhaps he didn't have a good reason to kill that child like i you're like <laughs> i mean i don't i can't think of a good reason to kill that child <laughs> sure 
I'm not saying he did not have a reason to kill that child, right? Okay, <laughs> that, that's a better way to put that. <laughs> Just reasoning, kill that child. And, okay, I guess this is where, like, yes. Clamp clearly has this entrenched thing that we have about children being... I think that there's a difference between pure and innocent that I will try to articulate now. Okay. Okay. I'm interested in this. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So I do not think that children are necessarily innocent. We are shown that children are not necessarily innocent in the chapter with the grandpa. And those kids are really mean to him. They're like, when are you going to die? We heard that if you die, we can have our own rooms. And that is obviously them learning that from their mom without understanding, like, having learned empathy and all these things. Right. Like, they are just parodying. Well, yeah. I also think, like, generally, and not just in Clamp, but, like, I personally think that children don't have empathy. (laughs) It's, like, something they No, this is totally accurate of how I've interacted with children. Like, when I had to interact with children as a camp counselor, I'm like, oh, these children have learned awful things, but they don't understand. Like, they're just doing it because adults did it, and they think that that's right because adults are shown to be who they're supposed to listen to and whoever and these things. Um, I, don't, I, don't, I don't make that link. For me, it's like <laughs> children just haven't had the time to learn empathy. They don't have the experience. Um, so children are – they can be absolutely adorable and good and, and whatever. <laughs> yeah. And they're – Bullies and brats and like yeah. I would do awful things to to little lizards that I caught without realizing <laughs> that it was like bad. <laughs> You're like the lizard feels things. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> excellent. <laughs> but yeah, so in that way, I don't think that they're innocent because they definitely do actions that are bad. Okay. I do perhaps think that they are pure because okay. I think that they do not know. They do not have the empathy. They they are still like learning the things they. Okay. Yes. So that okay. is how I feel. I feel that, yes, they have much potential. And yes. to snuff it out that young is bad. As it relates to evil, like, yeah. So, like, Seishiro might have a reason to kill that child. I still think that there would never be any redeeming quality to it. No, 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 no. <laughs> I just, I feel that Seishiro is not the true face of evil yeah. as, as presented in Tokyo Babylon. I think that he does actually put an interesting another interesting facet onto the depiction of evil throughout Tokyo Babylon. Because we mm-hmm. see lots of different kinds of evil. Lots of different kinds lots of evil. Lots of different kinds. Usually involving death. <laughs> Usually involving fairy. Or people losing an eye. That's a lot of... Lots of uh, that's just Clamp. That's just... Clamp doesn't like eyes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, they clearly do. They love drawing eyes. You just like... They put so much effort in the eyes and, and the then hair. Like, but what if I stabbed it? <laughs> 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 Wouldn't that be cool? What? <laughs> Maybe that's like a thing between, you know, how they depict themselves in the little chibi forms. Maybe this is like some kind of epic battle between Nanase and, and Mokona. And because Mokona always has her eyes closed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. No, I would love to know. Someday, perhaps we will know the dynamics between all the clamp ladies and like how this. I kind of like having it a mystery. Like, yeah. Obviously, they're doing really well with it being a mystery because it makes people talk forever. But like, that's, that's fine. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I do agree that Seishiro has this desire to understand. And that is the one, like, good thing about it. I wouldn't call it good. I would call it interesting. 
<laughs> okay. As much as I hate that word. That like, is the one. That, that is the, the thing that draws me back to him mm-hmm. and, like, wants me to explore him more. Yeah. It is the one pure thing about him. <laughs> no. Misuse of the word. Pure. I would. I wouldn't not call it pure. <laughs> I, okay. I don't necessarily equate pure with good. Ah, yes. This is the difference. This is, this is the difference between us. Ah, yes. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> it's coming out now. Yeah. All right. So at Mercurial. Mercurial Blonde. I'm with gonna, an E. Yes. On Twitter. Had some statements that like maybe we have some responses to. So I think it's really interesting how given the unfinished nature of X, Tokyo Bob- Babylon really does make X Subaru and Seishiro's story above anyone else. It's the most meaningful closure we have. Also, I think everything Seishiro ended up doing was to get Subaru to kill him because he loved him so much. And there's no greater feeling for the... Oh, no. Sakura Zukamori. Yes. <laughs> I, I can say it. <laughs> But when I look at it, I'm like, that's too many syllables. <laughs> <laughs> too many syllables there. Uh, then to be killed by their great love. And for Subaru, he finally learned those true feelings from Seijiro. I, again, did not get to their story in X. <laughs> yeah. That's the thing. And it's like, that's why I feel like some of the an- these answers would obviously be influenced, I think, had we read X. But going with only what I am presented in Tokyo Babylon... I don't know that Seishiro does it out of love for Subaru again. I do think that his curiosity for like how these things feel are what drive him to do these. Yes. Like he wants to be like, if I let myself get stabbed in the eye, will I finally understand? And it's like, no, he doesn't like that. Right. Yeah. (laughs) It is an obsession that is not necessarily love. That I think is explicitly stated not to be love, at least in Tokyo Babylon. Even if, I mean... Seishiro might not understand it as love, but I think that's getting, for me, it would be a stretch. Yeah. Like, what Seishiro thinks is anything and what I think is anything are different things, I think, in the end. Um, Obviously, yes, Subaru's feelings are always pure. Well, they're definitely real. (laughs) Definitely real. Let's go with that. (laughs) Uh, Okay. Now we have a series of questions from at Spiegelflut on Instagram. Yeah, I'm just glad went all, you pronounced that one. I, I went all go. German on y'all. Isn't that fun? Okay. So first they say, this is my favorite manga ever. I love it. Here are some of my questions. Okay. Uh, well, we already answered, do you think Seishiro loves Subaru? No. No. Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. So you this question. No, I okay. have right. one thing to say about this question, okay. which, but it is about X. So how does did your, did your perception of Tokyo Babylon change? when you read the sequel X and find out that the telephone chat girls were right and that not only Tokyo, but the whole world is doomed. Okay, so I would like to say that I don't think that would change my reading at all because I've always had the sense from Tokyo Babylon that the world was actually doomed. I also, I feel that I cannot answer this because I did read part of X first. So I was reading that whole chapter with the girls like, oh yeah, no, I know. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, for me, it was just like, again, Hokuto going on her environmental rants. Like, again, they feel more real in 2019. So I was like, yeah, that's real. That, that's true. That's coming for us. Um, that's that's the thing. And generally, I think the main thesis of this, or like not thesis, but the main theme of this manga is about how awful actions spiral out into more awful actions. And there is no real way to like 
correct those actions. There is no way to correct those actions without compassion and empathy. I think <laughs> uh, we'll I get think there. the lesson that we were supposed to take from the, the girl who was bullied is like she was like, I'm just ending this chain. And there That's was true. that that with the ex with the nineteen ninety nine girls, like the two that refused to ask for help died. Mm. And the one who did ask for help from both Subaru and her parents was uh well, I don't she wasn't fine, but she survived. Yeah. <laughs> okay. That's fair. But like in general, I think that this manga is about like because most people are not able to like break out of the chain necessarily most of the time, I feel uh, it is about how those things just spiral more and more out of control. And like if I was going to make a comparison to real life, it would be like how we discuss reparations for terrible things that we've done in the past. Like, can you ever actually have reparations like no <laughs> like that's the answer is no. <laughs> no you can try but it's you have to try you have to try you have to try but it's never going to actually make that better it's like never that. going to correct that i like that and so in that way i'm like yes the world is doomed because it will always just cascade into more chaos like that is chaos theory 101 right here <laughs> i don't like thinking that the world is doomed fair <laughs> i'm just saying that i like to think Stories like this show us how necessary it is to stop and break that chain and be mindful. Yes. That is the point of the story. But yeah, no, t- Tokyo Babylon never made me think the world was doomed. Fair. That's fair. It's that question. <laughs> yeah, why do you think Seishiro sacrificed his eye to protect Subaru? I think we touched on this briefly, but I think it's just because he's like, you know, the time on the bet is coming up, almost ending. If I do this extreme action, will I finally feel the thing? And finds out the answer is no. <laughs> I agree. Yeah, that's that's the answer. Um, okay, so this is a little addendum to our Tokyo Babylon podcast because we got a question after we had recorded and then I felt bad. And I don't know where this is going, so maybe I need this addendum. Maybe I can just like cut it in and nobody will ever know. Who knows? We'll find out. <laughs> okay, so this was a statement slash question from Golden Pelt on Twitter. Um, saying that the series stands out to me from other manga, including Clamps, on how it uses uh, its supernatural elements, yes, I know how to read, to discuss social issues directly, rather than using metaphors or being fully realistic. It really captures the zeitgeist of the lost decade, even just a few years into it. On a related note, do you think Suru could be read as trans? (laughs) Asher's face just now. (laughs) Pretty good. I mean, I can answer that second part first, if that's okay. Great. Go for it. Uh, yeah. Sure. Yeah, sure. I mean, I'm of the opinion uh, that anyone can be read as trans. Like, any character can be read as trans uh, because there is no one trans experience. There's no one trans narrative. Sure, Subaru could be trans. Hokuto could be trans. Seishiro could be trans. <laughs> I'm saying this as a trans person, like you can, whatever story feels like yours and feels, or not even, you don't, I, uh, you don't have to be trans to read other characters as trans. I, I don't believe in that. I think that is a dangerous discourse to have, like a dangerous rule to have, but whatever story feels 
compelling and right to you can be what you do. Like, I, I don't. Sure. <laughs> sure. Trans uh, people are just like all other people. Like, if you feel like this, this story makes sense, then do it. I mean, yeah, I can see that there's a strong argument for this considering Hokuto and Subaru have the same face. And that's <laughs> sort of weird. I actually think that Hokuto looks more male than Subaru looks female. Does that make sense? Yes. I would agree. I would also be like, and that's just clam. <laughs> and that's just clam. Exactly. <laughs> I don't know. I guess I'm not, I normally just do what the text tells me. Like, so <laughs> Asher's like, that's dumb. <laughs> I don't. I love fan fiction. <laughs> listen, if, listen, everybody, I'm just, I just use the pronouns that are presented to me. But if suddenly Subaru was like, hey, I'm trans, I'd be like, okay, cool. <laughs> like, I'd be cool with that, that too. That's fine. <laughs> Subaru says trans rights. Yeah, yeah. Hokuto, you know, pretended to be Subaru for a year, apparently. So what's up, Hokuto? <laughs> Dang, where's our story about that? Oh, damn. No, I, I still like our fan fiction idea, <laughs> Okay, yeah, we've, like... been, we've been working on a fan fiction idea for real, <laughs> you guys. <laughs> Amazing. We could do both. We could, but I feel like Tala wouldn't be in the... That's true. Tala would not be in the... Well, she could be, but that would just be real sad. (laughs) I like, I I feel like I should leave this and people be like, what are you talking about? (laughs) Amazing. (laughs) Okay. Um, So the first part of the statement about the supernatural elements, uh, I agree that is definitely what makes it stand out. It's like, I I think we commented in, in the main recording that, you know, it's, you're like led to believe this is some weird Tokyo. And you're like, no, it's just, it's just actual Tokyo though. <laughs> like, <laughs> sure, there are ghosts, but like, that's strong. <laughs> are you saying there aren't real ghosts in Tokyo? I don't, I mean, I don't know. There could be. Sorry. Sorry, ghosts in Tokyo. <laughs> Tokyo Babylon says ghost rights. Actually, no, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, uh, yeah, so I feel like that is pretty rare. I don't know if it's rare compared to other clamp titles. Was that our dispute here? Uh, I think we did talk about it and the way it uses it to directly address social issues, maybe, because yeah. a lot of it is metaphorical in other places. But then I'm thinking about Showbits, where mm-hmm. it's not supernatural, but it is no. sci-fi and like it goes, it goes there. It goes places. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I was thinking of Cardcaptor Sakura, which I do think that Tokyo Babylon does a better job of like the supernatural elements are there, but you don't, it doesn't, it doesn't like take away from the very human parts of it. Whereas I think that the supernatural elements in Cardcaptor Sakura, because they always have to like cover them up and stuff, uh, that, that gets distracting in a way that it doesn't in Tokyo Babylon for me. Yeah, I, I, I don't think anything distracts from the human elements in Cardiacaptor Soccer, but they're diff- They're not social, not so much social issues in there. It's yeah. more family, the connections that young people make. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I guess I just always hate when it's like, and now we have to go cover up the magic elements and people forget things and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, ugh, I'm just- <laughs> something about that it's just like me. they're very different they're very different genres like card captors is a magical girl manga 
Tokyo Babylon is not. <laughs> no. <laughs> Tokyo Babylon is definitely not a magical girl. Although that'd be amazing. Yeah. <laughs> right. I'm like, hmm. <laughs> what's up? Tokyo Babylon's a magical girl, and Hokuto is the star. <laughs> We're always just looking for ways to make Hokuto the star She's here. She's so much better. Hokuto. R.I.P. Come back. Come back. Don't Be the ghost. Be the ghost yes. that always haunts Tokyo. <laughs> oh, man. Can that be our fan fiction? <laughs> and, I feel and, like that. And she haunts Tala and, like, helps her do things. <laughs> wow actually this podcast has just turned into like our fan fiction session <laughs> we're jamming we're jamming but then we would have to read x we're gonna have to anyway oh uh, i don't want to right now <laughs> fair be the second part of our fan <laughs> make a series yeah we're making a little series of one shots <laughs> <featuring Okuto. laughs> hot damn hot damn yeah i think that's all we have to say about that Look forward to our fan fiction if we ever actually write it. We're not good. We're not great at follow through all the time. So, <laughs> but you heard us. We thought about it. We ever thinking depth on. Okay, final. Qu- I think this is yes. This is the final question that will spiral us into main themes and talking about the cases in more particular. So it was just which of the supernatural cases did you like best and why? I'm gonna let you go first, Asher. <laughs> I need to look at this list. <laughs> oh, come on. I read this in one day. Uh, not all of them are supernatural, so watch yourself. Okay, I think I do have an answer for this. And I think it is... You call them call girls. Ashley, that's not what they are. <laughs> <laughs> you have to point out my dumbness. In- <laughs> um, I did have to do that. I, I think... My favorite story probably was the um, religious cult case because it was so complicated. Also, because I I went to seminary. Mm. <laughs> uh, that that's one was, that one was very good. Me. Yeah, I liked the. I think that one did a really good job of showing the uh, what we were just talking about, like the chain of badness spiraling out of control. Nobody was in the right completely in that one, and that's. I think that's part of why. I want to know more about the Sakura Zukamori because he went and murdered that lady. Yes, he did. And like, <laughs> yes, that was for Seishiro. I also, he was also like already interested in that case. Like he saw that that lady was doing, was stirring up some, some magical trouble, mm-hmm. spiritual trouble. And uh, he, he was already on that case. So I wonder if the Sakura Zukamori thing is in some way providing balance. Yeah. Yeah. Again, see, putting it like that, I'm like, oh, yeah, Seishiro was like, this person's doing a bad. I want to kill them. I'm like, that actually seems fair. <laughs> seems fair. Almost. <laughs> fair isn't the word I would use. Uh, again, uh, but it seems it's, understandable. Yes. I, and it's, it's yet a, another facet of this what is good, what is evil right. thing. Yes. Uh, my favorite part of that one, I think this this was that one, right? Uh, the It's the one with Hashimoto's. Is that her name? I don't know her name. Yeah, the names are hard to keep track of because they're all there for like a chapter or two. But whatever. The girl who's being bullied and eventually loses her eye. That is the right one, yes. Yes. Uh, what I appreciated most about that story was that in explaining what was happening to her to Subaru, uh, you know, she's going on. She's like, oh, the you know all my classmates bully me they like push me and do all these terrible things and then like the teachers 
don't really understand. Like they maybe see it, but they're trying to deny it or like they give her bad advice as yeah. teachers always do. They blamed her. <laughs> they were like, you need to, well, it wasn't a question of blame. Like they, yeah. the, they were like, you need to try harder. The onus is on her to fix it. Right. Rather than the bullies to stop. Right. And, ex- and, ex- and then she goes to this religious cult and the teacher is like, you just need to like think better of yourself and then others will think better of you. And sort pray of harder. And pray harder. Um, and she's like, I do all these things that these people tell me to do and it doesn't work. And Subaru just listens and is like, I don't know what to say. And I was like, that's a beautiful answer. <laughs> like, it was really good. That is a really good uh, arc. Yeah. Uh, it's a beautiful answer because like all she wanted was for people to be like, I understand. I see you. That sucks. That sucks. That is not your fault. Yeah. Yeah. And like the only person who gave her that was Subaru because he's a good boy. He's a good boy. I think she also did want to be saved. (laughs) I mean, yes. (laughs) But then I think that that was the seed. Like, oh, yes. Had she not gotten stabbed in the eye after that or had this not been like an episodic manga thing I think that it would have been like oh yes her and Subaru are now friends and like that is the thing that helps her get over it that that's the thing that helps her actually do the advice that other people were giving her yeah yeah Uh, because you need that spark yes so that one's my favorite that's a pretty good one I don't know it's hard to say there you have a favorite because they're all so sad (laughs) um the one that I appreciated the most is very hard for me, because it was very personal. I def- I took 25 minutes to just like be sad afterwards and read more about this very high profile case, actually, that is part of my family. Uh, so the one that I appreciated the most was the one where the... I'm trying to remember what it is. There was a mother yes. who was trying to summon Inugami, which is like a, a spirit of revenge, basically, in order to avenge her girl who was murdered. Uh, because yeah. the the criminal system did not put the murderer on death row because he was deemed insane. Yes. So there was a little girl who was murdered, and then the mother is like, you know, criminal justice, like, I need something to happen with this dude. He can't just be marked insane. And then, of course, like, she's going insane from this, basically. So the whole, like, two wrongs don't make a right thing comes in here. But it, it really hit me the most because... I was like, wow, that's really similar to a story that happened. My aunt's niece, my aunt, who married into the family. So I was not related to this little girl. Um, Back in 1998, you can look this up on the internet. Like, I'm not going to tell you anything too personal that you can't just Google based on things that I tell you. So Barbara Jean Horn is a big case in Philadelphia. She was murdered in 1988 and left in a TV box. Naked. Um... And then they never found her murderer. And then by the time I'm like, I think I'm like two, they get they coerce a neighbor apparently to like confess. And then he gets tried and then they were going to acquit him. Um, but there's a mistrial because one of the jurors is like, no, I, I don't agree with this statement. Um, then in 1996 or something, I'm six. I So I, I am hearing whispers of this in my family at this point. You know, he gets retried and now he's on death row and he's so this has been over 30 years he is still on death row but they are trying to again open the trial again based on dna evidence and now like there was a snitch involved who's like 
nothing that he says is believable now. And again, they're like, you know, the police coerced him into this confession. So now it's like, maybe he didn't murder it. And it's like, you know, it's just so hard because it's like, my aunt will post things on Facebook every year about this little girl dying. And her mom will be like, here are four pictures from like past Christmases because this girl was only four. And it's just hard to be like, what? There's no good <laughs> solution in this because there's, there's no solution. You know, if if that guy didn't murder her and has been on death row all this time, like there's so many injustices there because his whole life is gone. Yeah, it's been almost 30 years. Yeah, his his whole life is basically gone because um, he was 25. So he's like old at this point. You know, her life is gone. A murderer is free. <laughs> and our whole is the death penalty. Does killing him, killing him would never make it better. And so like this story just really hit me because I was like, yes, there there is no like I was glad that Clamp didn't didn't have a solution. They yeah. were not like, this is right. And it's like, yeah, because there is no right. There, yeah. there was never going to be a right. And even in the way that Subaru handles it. So the 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 main emotional thing with Subaru in it. He channels the girl. He channels the girl and he is hopeful. He's trying to tell the mom, like, no, your little girl wants you to be happy. You you need to break the chain so that you can go on with your life and not throw your life away by trying to like get revenge on this other guy. And then he summons the girl and the little girl just says, help me like I'm in pain. And he doesn't he doesn't let the mother hear the girl's voice. Um, and then he lies to her and says that, like, you know, he's like just giving the narrative that he wanted. Yeah. And he goes back to Seishiro and he's like, I feel bad because I lied. Yeah. His, ma his main point. And I was like, wow, like nothing in that story is right or is a solution. And so that story, I was like, I appreciate it. No, that one's a really good one, too. Powerful. Powerful, yes. And well done. I, it was also like the first time Subaru went against all of the things he'd been taught in a way. Like he used his yeah. gifts to, to not, not to follow like the moral standard, but to like do what he thought would be best. And then he was still unsure afterward. Yes. And it's like, everybody needs a hug. Very yeah. Badly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Did uh, Seishiro hug him? I think, I think he, he did. did. <laughs> everybody needs a hug not from Seishiro. Yeah. Uh. Uh. Yep. Yeah. It's like, yeah, that's the story to me that was like the hardest hitting the world is kind of screwed because you can never correct this and yes. like you can like the mother can break that chain she For can herself. go on living but just like With that little girl yeah you you, you kill people and it, like they don't they don't come back that's not a thing if they come back it's bad if they come back it's bad <laughs> oh. all right yes so we we yeah but in general like many of these stories were very emotionally impactful yes uh, I first started feeling it with Mitsuki I think we both did the, the rape one. Oh yeah and how she's like Subaru you were special to me and all these things this manga is a lot okay it's a lot it is a lot I managed not to cry okay excellent <laughs> <laughs> oh oh 
Oh, the me. tissues are right over there. I know. I you, have to get them. You change your mind. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's unnecessary to cry. Okay. Um, but I think this gets into the very big main theme of the story, which is agency. You want to talk about that? Agency. agency. Subaru has no agency at all oh. <laughs> in the entire story. <laughs> Except a li- he starts to a little bit at the very end, and then Seishiro screws the pooch. <laughs> Thanks, Seishiro. <laughs> Thanks, Seishiro. Okay, that is a take, I guess. You think Subaru has no agency? I think he does not exercise agency for most of the manga. I think that thing with the, the little girl might be the first time I see him going by his heart and not by his rules. I mean, no, no, I think that's true. I think that the entire bet which is like the heart of the manga, is absolutely done without any input from Subaru. There's Seishiro, who makes this bet. Subaru does not hear the bet. He is also nine years old Mm -hmm. or eight years old. He also gets his memory wiped. He also gets his memory wiped. (laughs) He does not agree to the bet. He um, is marked. His grandmother makes him cover his hands for the rest of his life. Yeah, I have very curiosity about how grody his hands are. He washes, he takes them off when he sleeps, except for when, when Hokuto like moves in with him. Um, then he's just dirty all the time. I think he wa- he takes them off in the shower yeah. and to wash his hands. <laughs> I don't like to believe this reality. <laughs> you just believe his, they're all, they're always on. Yeah. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> um. Yes. Uh, what else? Like. Hokuto and Seishiro are kind of always pushing him around. Oh, yeah, definitely. Like, Hokuto does it in, like, a kind way. Not kind, but, like, in a well-intentioned way. Yeah. But she is the, she's the alpha twin. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) One hundo. Seishiro is, like, controlling his life. Not real. well, the bet. It's really the bet with Seishiro. Um, What else? He does whatever his grandma tells him. Subaru does not exercise much agency until the end and then at the very end like suddenly we run into all the the roadblocks around his agency yeah hokuto dresses up as him and like takes his his thing his his the the onus of his thing like being killed uh without (laughs) his consent he like goes catatonic uh for a while like that's the epitome of (laughs) non-agency okay True. Those are facts. <laughs> okay. Those are facts. I agree. How does that play into the larger the larger thematic elements of like everybody or like most of the stories deal with people infringing on other people's agency. Yes. Like yes. people who are just like, I just wanted to be left alone. What right did they have to come and do very terrible things like rape me? Like that's that's the crux of yes. Mitsuki's yes. story. It's the crux of her story. It's the crux of Hashimoto's story. Yeah. Plays into the, the call girls a little bit. <laughs> you know, listen, you don't have to keep calling them that. <laughs> I think it's funny. Okay, um, excellent. Uh, because they, that one, it's the the sort of the, the cult-ish mentality of, um, oh, we're special. Oh, we know all these things. And the more they say, the more the others and themselves believe it. So there's that. Um, there's 
the grandfather who has sort of lost control of his life in mm. a lot of ways. And like, it's not his fault. It's not the, the his daughter's fault. It's not the kid's fault. Yeah. Disability with the blind man, like that's difficult. Um, agency comes into that too. So how does Subaru play into this? Yeah, like what? It, what is Clamp trying to tell us here? <laughs> what are the lines? Like, are the lines? Th- there are no lines, are there? There's well, I don't no clear the lines. <laughs> yeah, I think Clamp is in no way proposing an answer. Yes, which uh, is the beauty and the frustration. Only question. Yes, <laughs> I don't feel that you have a question here. Like, is Subaru now corrupted by Seishiro's yeah. influence? And I'm just like, no, I don't think so. No. I don't think so because I mean, I don't have this purity thing you do. Also, <laughs> I think that's part of it. I think that actually in this year that he was with Seishiro, Subaru grew as a person and he was not damaged. He was hurt for sure. Okay. But I do not think, I do not feel that the, the experience he went through, experiences he went through made him less of a person. I think it sucks that now he's going to spend the rest of his life hunting down Seishiro. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I don't think that's great, nor do I think it's a good use of his agency um, because now he's not breaking the chain that he broke, that he helped other people's people's other people break. Yeah. But I don't think that's all Seishiro's fault. It also, like, it's not Seishiro's influence. I think Seishiro's influence helped Subaru. I think that one thing he did hurt Subaru (laughs) way too much. (laughs) That one thing he did. That one thing that... Something's good. One thing very bad. (laughs) Yes, exactly, exactly. Okay, Um, that's fair. Yeah, it's just so hard because it's like... The beauty of these stories, I feel, is that, you know, you look at them and you're like, Obviously, somebody is wrong. They're all for, wrong. They're all wrong. They're all wrong. For the ways that they intrude on other people's life and like the emotional and or physical hurt that they exact on them. But then you're like, but how, how resolve? You can't. <laughs> I don't think Tokyo Babylon gets into this exactly except with maybe the, the grandpa story. Mm. But um, you cannot live with other people without touching their lives in some way. And the difficulty right. is like, where is the line of agency? Which I don't think Tokyo Babylon really gets into like addressing. No. <laughs> no. Especially since it doesn't normally flirt with like, like they're all so dark, right? So it's not flirting with more innocent ways that no. we all influence it's each other. It's already going to the extremes. Yeah. It's just like, here are the most extreme ways this yeah. could happen. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Why you why you why you like this? <laughs> Graham, who hurt you seriously? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we want to know. I don't think we want to know. Oh god. <laughs> Whoa. New darkness. Okay. <laughs> Keep that over there. Yeah. I don't know. And then the other half of your question was Seishiro really not swayed at all by Subaru's influence? Uh no, I think he was a little, but it's so hard for him to, it's so hard for us to translate his experiences into what we know. And I think by that, it is also difficult for him to understand 
what is or isn't happening inside him because the culture he's in is is so radically different from what he experiences. He doesn't have a vocabulary and like also <laughs> he's a psychopath. <laughs> yeah, he's definitely a it's just one hundred percent. Oh my god! I just wanted to say that when when I visited Tokyo, I also like every time I visit Tokyo, I'm like, this is a cool place, but it, it does feel very lonely. Like you're in this sea of like advertising people and all these things. And I'm like, but it's so like so lonely. <laughs> I think that's probably also exacerbated by the fact that you don't understand Japanese. Maybe, but no, I get the sense even what I simultaneously like about observing Japan, like the differences between Japanese culture and American culture is that one of the things I like about it is in Japan, it actually seems much more socially acceptable to go out and be in very public places by yourself and not have that be weird. Uh, at the same time, I am an American, so I'm like, that seems very lonely. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. In general, big cities do not make me feel lonely. So I wonder if it is just a Tokyo thing because I've not, I haven't been. Yeah, I don't think every big city makes me feel like this. There's yeah. definitely something like Tokyo is very, very large and very, very like in your face that I'm like I understand the like uh yeah characters who go on rants in this and uh, what's her face the the evil one in uh, Princess Jellyfish the the developer oh, yeah, yeah, girl yeah. when she goes on I'm like yeah I feel you. Like, I understand. <laughs> <laughs> it makes sense. Um, not to say that Tokyo is not cool. You should visit Tokyo. Tokyo is great. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Someday. Uh, don't think about Tokyo Babylon. <laughs> You're there. Think about, think about happy things. Think thing. about Magic Night Rider. Yeah, think about <laughs> Go to arcades and just have fun, okay? <laughs> uh, so, yeah, we Tokyo Babylon. We did it. We did it. Cool. I uh, hope this didn't disappoint most people probably disappointed somebody <laughs> you can't please all the people all yeah, the time you can't please all the people all the time god um sorry we didn't read x I, yeah sorry we didn't read x is the the main theme of this podcast. we're gonna have to uh i'm just saying we did tokyo babylon we're gonna have to do it does that have to be the next one i don't think it has to be the next one but i i feel that it is now in the future oh, no. <laughs> you did this to yourself buddy i didn't I, I I was innocent. I didn't know. You were pure. <laughs> I was pure before y'all wrecked me with this manga. What's wrong with you? They wanted to hear you cry. <sighs> Too bad. Asher adds enough levity to this podcast for me not to cry. Did I do that this time? Yeah, there was no levity in this podcast. I might have said a funny thing or two. I, I can't I can't think of anything. <laughs> Whatever. Okay. Thanks for listening to Show Show and Tell. Uh, if you have any comments, questions, constructive criticism, or concerns, you can email us at showdontell at gmail.com or leave a comment many places. Uh, this episode will have a URL that is showdontell.com slash babylon that you can go to. Or, you know, we have the social media things, the Twitter and the Tumblr and the Instagram, like the cool kids. Maybe I should get a Snapchat. No, that sounds terrible. That's weird. I don't know. No. no that's, that's for people, not for things yeah tell that to brands <laughs> tell that to brands okay um yeah you can you know tell us what case emotionally destroyed you the most i want to know i definitely want to know uh asher where can people find you and whatever you do on the internet 
<laughs> are you on your yeah you're you know what you're not on the internet <laughs> i what you're always on the internet i am always on the internet <laughs> but in your little cultish places in my little cultish places no um let's see i don't know if you want to read my fan fiction you could go to uh dashery d-a-s-h-e-r-y at archive of our own it's a lot of uh homestuck and final fantasy 15 at the moment but who knows maybe we're gonna write our fan fiction about hokuto <laughs> Please, I would love to. Oh my god, we're gonna work on it. Uh, we also have a fan fiction about Digimon on there. You can read that. Yeah, yeah, we do. We could do better. We could do better. Okay, we're gonna bigger work. things. We're gonna make our Hokuto <laughs> fanfic bigger, better. We have to like make a name for that girl because we never found out her name. Oh yeah, we can work on it. We're gonna we figure out where she's from. <laughs> There's so many things we can invent. Yes, it's so good. Yes. <laughs> anyway, look for that maybe in the future. But uh, right now, if you love this podcast, please go leave a review on iTunes or Stitcher because that would be dope. Um, thanks again for listening. We'll be back next time for probably a Phantom Thief joke by Arena Tanamura. Y'all voted for that in a poll of which Arena Tanamura thing I should do first. So, and, and that was the Thank winner. you. <laughs> Y'all also told me to read Tokyo Babylon as the next clamp thing. Is very difficult. You should not. You should know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I, I'd, I'd rather talk about Jean than um, uh, Full Moon, so thank you. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> well, actually, I have lots to say about Full Moon, but I would like, all be positive. <laughs> I, would, I would like to read Jean again. See, see what happens with that. Okay. Yes. Yes, let's, let's pronounce it all French Jean. Okay. <laughs> uh, okay, well, until then. Goodbye. Go get emotionally destroyed by Tokyo Battle. Bye. Don't know. Nothing. I don't have to do anything. I will close this outline. That was fun. <laughs>